Hi, welcome everyone. This is Janice Alpert, host of On Purpose, where we interview guests to talk about what their purpose is, how they found it, and hopefully kind of get you to think a little bit of if you're on your purpose and if not, how to find it. So today we have Mackenzie Kappa. I said that right. Yeah. Um, welcome, Mackenzie. Um, I, I don't know Mackenzie at all, so I'm going to get to know her along with you. So first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Well, thank um, you so much for having me. Oh, no, win-win. Um, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Where did you grow up and a little bit about your family? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm as new to this conversation as yours. So it's like, well, what do I even say about myself? Well, I guess I grew up in Eastern Washington and I have pretty much lived here all my life. I went away for a little while to college and then ended up back here. Mm -hmm. Um, grew up in a great family with a younger brother and, um, just two really awesome parents who were really supportive of all the different things that I wanted to do in my life. I did a ton of theater and was involved in all kinds of things. And and creative soul. Yeah. 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 And it really ended up leading to kind of where I am today with my, my job and everything, which is kind of fun after all those years to see all that work I put in when I was younger, kind of come to fruition in a job. Um, but I ended up, I got married pretty young. I had four kids and yeah, (laughs) and it wasn't a great situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, any twins in that no. Or, uh, <laughs> no. So how old and how old are they now? They are right now. They are 15, almost 16, oh. 12, nine and seven. Oh, so, so you have them got kind the of range. You yeah. do, but you had them kind of in a quickly, like in a row, like every couple of yeah, years. They, yeah. they were all about three years apart. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's, okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I would just get one potty trained by the time the next one was potty and trained think, oh, sufficient. Yeah. Maybe I'm done. Well, maybe I'm yeah. not done. Okay. So, so yeah. growing up, you're your parents were supportive and loving. You got married at a young age. Sounds like it wasn't a great situation. And so how did you kind of realize like, "Mm, not sure this is going to be a good thing for me to continue with, or are you, I don't know, you're still married or not? No, no, no. I, I fled about four years ago, four and a half years ago. And, um, you know, it had, it had been rough for a long, long time, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was a pretty oppressive situation. And I just didn't have a lot of freedoms and I didn't see my kids having a lot of those freedoms either. And so things kind of came to a head and I realized I needed to get out. And so one day when he was at work, I packed whatever I could into my suburban and we were gone and I never set foot on the property again. Oh my goodness. I don't know if you watched that movie, um, or that series, um, made, I knew and that's probably, what you were going to say. I was gonna say no, I did not. <laughs> I bet you wouldn't have. Cause that would be very, I would think triggering. Cause yeah, it is for, if the, it sounds like this was a controlling, I don't, you know, somewhat, uh, I'm going to just use the word abusive relationship. Yes. And, um, when, when people are in those, they're very, very hard, especially with four kids under the age of, but at that point they were under the age of like 11 12 and guess, under 11 yeah. and under to have enough strength and courage to leave. I mean, that is scary. And it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm divorced. So, um, it wasn't because of an abuse, but it doesn't matter. Divorce in general, yeah is very, very difficult, but in mm-hmm. that kind of a situation, um, and in case anyone, and, and you can decide how much you want to share or not share, but I just want to encourage anyone who's listening, if they're in that kind of a situation, there's a great book called the verbally abusive relationship mm-hmm. by, um, I can't think of her name at the moment, but you can Google it. Um, and it's just a great book because 
you know, sometimes people think abuse is only the person is beating you and hitting you over the head. And abuse is anything where you feel controlled. You don't have a sense of freedom. You can't make your own choices. Your opinion doesn't count. It can be emotional, psychological, financial, sexual. It can be a whole list of things without it necessarily being somebody beating you, even though beating, of course, absolutely is, is horrible. So you were kind of in that kind of a situation where you felt like I had no control or Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I really didn't have a voice at all. And, um, it was, he would say I had a voice, but it really just had to align with his, his. (laughs) you know, which is very typical by the way, in that kind of, in those situations. And the other thing I want to say, and I don't know if, if this happened to you often, it's like when you marry, when you first fall in love, we're all like, Oh, la di da. It's all beautiful. If there's a lot of chemistry, these kind of situations unfold. So Mm -hmm. you don't always know it. So I don't want anyone, if they are listening and they're in the situation is think, well, how come I didn't know this? Nobody knows it until it starts happening. Yeah. And the research is one in four people end up in an abusive relationship. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that, you know, I was so young. I was 19. He was eight years older than Uh, I was. uh And it moved very quickly, Mm -hmm. which, you know, now everything that I've learned all these years later, it's been almost 20 years and I can look back and see all the red flags and see all those things. But at the time I was just so young and impressionable. A lot of it had to do with the church we were in as well that like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. And this is Mm going to be great. And so a lot of my friends were getting married really quickly and it just felt like, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. And, and how did your parents, were your parents supportive of this? I mean, did they, or were they, did they say, um, yeah, they were, they got worried pretty early on too, okay. mm-hmm. but again, it moved so quickly and okay. the control came in so quickly in ways that I, like you were saying, I didn't really recognize, you know, mm-hmm. I always considered myself growing up to have a very big personality and like, mm-hmm. Oh, that would never happen to me. And exactly. I would not and, have, you know, and that is so typical of many women. That's why I want to keep reminding it happens to one in four. So you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could be a therapist, yeah. you could be a teacher, you could be, you know, the head of your church or your whatever. It doesn't matter. It can happen to anybody because really good. And I use that word with quotes. when I say good <laughs> yeah. um, um, manipulators, they they're, they're a little subtle And Mm -hmm. they usually will tell you a little bit of the truth. And then you think, oh, well, that kind of makes sense. So it must be me. And then we start blaming ourselves. Yeah. Well, the gaslighting is so profound. And you really start to think that you're the crazy one or that you didn't do something right. Uh And, And that just came in so quickly that, I mean, from from day one to we're married was six months. Wow. And, you know, so it was, it was very, very quick. And then having kids, you know, within the first couple of years Uh and, and were you, were you, were you working at that time? Were you in the theater or what were you, did you, um, I, I had gone to school and come back home and was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do Uh with my life and had gotten really involved in our church. Okay. And, you know, I think that, that, that really played a big part. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that. Um, but it sounds like not necessarily in a great way. Yeah, no, not in a great way. And it's really hard because it's like, I still have my faith, but I really don't have faith in the structure of the church and how uh, all of that happened. I'm with you. You know what? 
for those who've listened to this over the last year, I think most people gather how spiritual I am. And so I, I believe in there's something bigger than us and whatever, but that, and I, I feel culturally I am, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish, but I'm, I'm not at all religious and whatever, but so I don't think it matters what religion you are. Um, I think any kind of religion or structure, like you're saying that creates us to not feel we are our own independent of we have an, our own independent voice is probably something to question. And that has nothing to do with believing in God or a higher self or whatever you want to believe in. Um, the two, to me, the two are, in my own opinion, not synonymous. So you can still yeah. have, not you, we all can still have our faith in something bigger without necessarily um, belonging to something formal. Although if you happen to belong to something formal and it gives you spiritual peace and it's healthy, then great. That's great too. It's it's not one yeah. or the other, but it sounds yeah. like yours was a little, not so great. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with that. And I think there are wonderful people in churches totally. all over the place, but totally. I think that also it can tend to, in a lot of ways, support the abuser in mm -hmm. a lot of those structures, because in a lot of those structures, the man is the head of the house and yep. the woman is supposed to be submissive. And you yes. are, it was, it was basically told to me, like I was going to go against God. If I oh my goodness. had left that situation that, and, and honestly, that's even what my children were told after. Oh my I left, God. You know, this like, like hurts my heart for you. This is very similar, by the way, in the uh, Orthodox, which I'm not I told you mm -hmm. one bit religion, religious. Um, this is not atypical of the Orthodox community where they will not everybody. Obviously, there are wonderful people in all sects of all religions, but that is not uncommon where it's still to this day. The yeah. man rules the wife. If she's a good wife, makes her dinner and takes yes. care of the kids and he has a million kids. And if she wants something yes. for herself, that's kind of like again You're not, not everybody good, yeah. yeah but but, but that the, was very much my situation yeah yes. that it was that was my job was to be wife uh -huh. and mom and he didn't have any responsibilities as far as that went wow. so that was okay. all on my shoulders uh -huh. and I was supposed to keep having a lot of kids and as things continued to become more difficult and things just really there you know, there was a certain set of circumstances that uh -huh. it really came to a head and I had some friends who really stepped in and were like this is if not you okay. could get out, would you? And I really felt like I, I can't, there's no way that I can. Many women feel this way, by the mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of it is financial, especially when exactly. you're in that situation where yep. I was homeschooling and, you know, like oh, with wow. my children all the time and living out in the country and, you know, like it, was very isolating, but by the grace of God, yes. a few years before I left, I had started a podcast. Ah. And so that had, and that was okay. You let you do that or what, what? It was as long as it wasn't really making money and it was just supposed to be a ministry thing. And I, and you it weren't was not, interfering with your regular yes. life. And I use that word regular. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Very much so. So then as I started to get into that and I got my equipment to be able to podcast, uh -huh. I saw that there were jobs available online now for doing voiceover work. Oh, and I had grown up in the theater and doing right. local film work and all that right. kind of thing. And I thought, well, I wonder if I could do that. Like, I wonder if I still have the chops. And so I started doing a little bit of that 
And for some reason, I still don't know why he was okay with it. I mean, again, it couldn't interfere and I would have never like made more money than him or anything like that. But I I mean, did you get an agent or how did you even get? No, there's actually the websites that you can sign up. They're called pay to play websites and you can get a subscription basically. And they'll give you auditions. Wow. So I just started auditioning and I told myself, okay, if I get three jobs in the first month of like legitimately putting in auditions, I'll realize like, I've still got the goods. And within two weeks I got a job and they came back and they said, we actually want this to be three jobs. We're going to hire you for the next three. Jobs. Oh, I have and such I goosebumps. Like, See, okay. this is what I say. You know what? If you don't think there's something above that's kind of helping us once we make the commitment, I always say we have to be in uh work co- 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 jointly, whatever together with the universe. But if we do, yeah. they, yeah. Oh, I love this. So you got three jobs like right away. Yeah. So I just, and that was a company that I ended up working with kind of over and over again, they Uh kept coming back. So this was about two years before I ended up leaving. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was definitely not a full-time or I would say even a part-time thing. Okay. It was just kind of, you know, doing it as I could. And my podcast was every couple of weeks that it would come out, but I was starting to build this community who Mm -hmm. was following me. May I ask what the name of the pod, are you still doing podcasts? I am. Back then it had a different name. We rebranded a couple of years ago and now it's called live well anyway. Okay. And love that. live well anyway. Love it. So no matter what's going on, live well anyways. Love it. Exactly. And we're kind of like, you know, life is chaotic, but we're going to make the best of it and take care of ourselves. Perfect timing right now. Yeah. For the last two years, perfect timing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we talk about, I mean, all kinds of stuff, everything from planning to wellness to beauty to, you know, it's just kind of a little bit of everything and trying to live well anyway. Mm -hmm. But, but back then it was a little bit more like faith centered and kind of more about like homemaking. And, you know, so it was good to be able to rebrand because obviously I've been out of that relationship now for four and a half years. So Mm -hmm. a lot has changed in that time. Sure, I bet. When I left, it was like, okay, this is, this is maybe the ticket that I have. Yes. And my parents said, you know, we live in a two bedroom townhouse and we know you have four children, but you can come and sleep on our living room floor and we will make it work. So I Beautiful. fled. So you, and, and that's what you did. Yep. And we left and we slept on my parents' living room floor for a year. And then we lived with my grandmother for a year before I was finally able to, you know, have everything going well enough with the podcast and the voiceover work and all of that to be able to really be on my own feet. But now Mm -hmm. we're coming up on three years of having had our own place and, you know, life has moved on. And after a couple of years, the divorce finally finalized. And, you know, now I have a great boyfriend and, you know, it's, it's a totally different world. And I get to be the professional woman that I think I was always more made to be. be. Yes, exactly. I love being a mom, but I also love this part of it and that's okay now. First of all, I, I love being a mom too, but I, and I've shared this before, but I think when my older one was maybe maybe six months old, I, I said to myself, I'm going to shoot myself. If I have to go goo goo gaga one more time, I love this baby more than life, but no, this is just not going to work. And I remember I, I, and, and I didn't have to work for money. My, uh, my, I, I told you I'm divorced. So that was my ex-husband, but he, we, he did very well financially and I didn't have to work. And I went, but I need to get out of here. I remember I got a job 
at a, um, this was not my passion or my purpose. I worked at a gift store. So, oh. and it was at that time, Lucite was very popular. I was oh, still yeah. sort of popular, but it was, so I worked at a Lucite store and I had a, I had a Windex all the shelves and I'm thinking, I don't even Windex my own shelves. Yeah. You know, I have help doing that, but th- I need, I didn't care. I, and I'd worked there for, I don't know, maybe a year. And then I finally went, no, maybe I need something a little more fulfilling, fulfilling. but, um, yeah. but I, I was happy to be out of the house. And so I, I understand. I think many women feel that way. It has, it doesn't have to be an either, or we can love our children and yeah. love being a mom, but that doesn't mean we want something more. All right. So I have to ask, cause I know if I'm thinking this, probably others are, how's your relationship with the children's father now? And um, not really existent and no. Yeah, yeah. It, it continued to be rough. You know, I mean, it's, I, I hesitate over what I understand to say, you know, sure, but when you're dealing with a narcissistic abuser, there's but, just, that is what it is. And right. so we have certain things in place in our parenting plan and whatnot to make sure that, you know, any communication is overseen. And when we exchange Good. kids, it's in a public location Good. and, and Good. really there, there really just isn't a whole lot of communication yeah. unless it's something vital he does what he does on his time and right. I do what I do on my time. And that is the way that it is, you know? So anyone that wants to, to again, have more information about this too, most, you know, most abusers, um, have a narcissistic personality disorder. And that really is where they're only, um, able to see their own feelings and they really don't care about anyone else's. And, they do a lot of manipulation and gaslighting so that they say a story. Um, and I think after a while, and I hate to say this, but I think we've seen this a little bit too much and not that this is a political <laughs> podcast, but I feel we've seen this a little too much in our own country right now where people say things and they actually believe, Yes, even though you've yes. seen it. So you've seen it. And again, not to get into it, but it's mind boggling to me for anyone that saw has seen the videos of, of what happened on January 6th and the violence and the death of the of this insurrection to our capital and how people are saying now, oh, it was just normal public you know, discourse and normal public. And I'm going, really, there were people that were going to hang our vice president. I'm not sure that that's really kind of okay. No matter what your political thing is, is anyone really good with hanging our vice president? I don't think so. So, and yet people really do believe this. So when you're in that kind of relationship interpersonally, it can make you feel like you're crazy. So, well, and I think an important thing to also point out is that the, the person who is doing the abusing and the gaslighting, they often get to the point where they truly believe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. The ones who are, propagating that right. like that is why he can be as convincing as it, he is that's what i'm trying to say he fully believes it a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent so that's again without getting political i do believe that the main person who's propagating all these lies i feel at this stage he actually believes it and because he yeah. says it with such conviction and when i see mm-hmm. you know when i see some of the other followers, I I absolutely think that they believe it. And so Mm -hmm. when you, when someone has power and they come across with such certainty that unless you have a really good sense of self and go, wait a second, I just saw that. Now you're telling me I didn't see it, that that's not actually what happened. I told you to drink bleach. Now I'm telling you, I didn't tell you to drink bleach. No, it was on, you were on the news and you said, let's everyone drink bleach. So no, that actually did happen as one extreme example. But yeah, um, yeah. so I think that a true narcissist believes actually what 
you know, kind of what they're saying. So, um, anyway, so, so you were able to get out of it, which kudos yes. to you. And, you. and on the process though, you, are you still doing the vo- voiceovers or? And, yes. Yep. And that is still my job to this day. I do podcasting and voiceover work and, you know, the community that had really come alongside me with my podcast all those years ago, I thought, you know, the podcast isn't going to last because these are a lot of believers and people who, you know, I didn't think would support me leaving. And to my, you know, astonishment Mm -hmm. and what is really humbling is that wasn't the case. They really rallied around me and Mm -hmm. these, you know, like thousands of women, they, they bought so much stuff to furnish my house when I moved and like they, I started a Patreon and they, what's a Patreon? Patreon is like for a lot of podcasters and different content makers use it where it's a platform where followers can pay for extra content. Oh, okay. So I do like live videos a few times a week and we have, you know, all kinds of coaching and zoom calls and you're very sweet Mackenzie. You're very entrepreneurial and very smart. I love it. So you, you actually, turn the podcast into also some income besides your voiceover. Well, and then I ended up being sponsored as well with the podcast. Ah. So that became, you know, when you're an entrepreneur or business owner in this kind of a sphere, you got to have all those different streams of income. And, and I really like that diversification because it's never boring and there's always something new to be doing and every day is different. And so, you know, I'm, I've got the podcast and I do the voiceover work and I'm branching into doing more YouTube and I do a lot on Instagram and it's working and it's given me the flexibility, especially during the pandemic, right? Exactly. Work from home and be there for my kids when I need to be there. And even through all of the court process and all of that, where I would have to take off at a moment's notice. And, you know, it's given me that flexibility to really lead the life that I want for me and my kids, but you're meant to lead. Yeah. Yeah. And be doing work that I really enjoy. Right. So, but first of all, let me just say you are amazing and you are such a brave young, no, I'm, I know how hard it is. So I just can't say kudos to you, but also hopefully if anyone's listening to know, you know what anyone can do, not saying anyone, you, but anyone really can, if it's really, really bad. And you, you know, that, you know, this is not for me and the, and people are scared just what you're saying financially, emotionally to say, you know what, this is just, this is not tenable anymore. This is not safe for me. Um, and I want more and I want more fulfillment. So just like taking that step back in terms of purpose. So you always love the theater and you are still loving your voiceover work Mm -hmm. and you're still doing that podcast too, is kind of using your voice. So in general, when you think about how this all came about, where you had to use your voice, does that feel like in inside yourself, like this is sort of what I meant to do? Or I mean, like, is this your purpose or what's your, yeah. I mean, I never, I never wanted the experience that I had to pigeonhole me into a position where like, that's all I was going to talk about. Like I never wanted the podcast to become about divorce or about abuse. Like I wanted to be able to say, that happened. Uh-huh. And I will talk to people if they, you know, want to talk about it or whatever. But that is just a, a snippet of what has happened in my life. Yes. That's why we have live well anyway, because uh-huh. it's about the moving forward. Exactly. It's, you know, like when I left and I did counseling and I went to um like a support group and, sure. and I really found that 
oh, the support group is not for me because mm-hmm. everybody just wants to keep rehashing what and, has happened and complaining. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. Like Mm -hmm. I want to move forward. And a lot of people would ask me right after I left because I still did my makeup the whole time and would show up on Instagram and was happy. And people were like, I don't know how you're not just like flat on your face and don't get me wrong. I had my moments. I'm sure you did. I was going to, you know what? We're multidimensional as human beings, but we can walk and chew gum at the same time. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure you had your moments, but that doesn't mean you also couldn't have happy moments. Well, and, and largely I was like, well, now I have the opportunity to build the life that I want to have. Mm -hmm. And so why would I be, you know, not putting on my makeup and doing like the things that make me happy and make me feel like me now I can, I can do that. I can move forward. And that's where a lot of this live well anyway, message comes from. You don't have to have a story like mine Mm -hmm. to be thinking about living well. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we all have been through hell. I was just two years. Exactly. First of all, let me just say Mackenzie's adorable. Just FYI. She's absolutely adorable. So that's just a sidebar. Um, but she's, I can see also beautiful on the inside. So she's got both things going, but, but that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, we all have different stories some are more extreme than others. So you don't have to, like you're saying, be in an abusive re- relationship or situation to say, okay, now I'm going to live life. Well, anyways, we all like, here's this last two years. And my quote today, I think is going to be perfect for today. Um, we've all had to reexamine our, if we're, if we're a reflective person, which I am, I can see you are, um, if we're going to be self-reflective and kind of grow from all life experiences, it's, it's being able to go inward and say, okay. I mean, when I think that this has gone on for two years and I remember I was literally just telling my granddaughter graduated high school. She went to a a boarding school. And so she graduated early and she graduated in February of 2020. So, and, and she was in actually Washington, uh, no, no, Oregon. She was in Bend, Oregon. So we all, I'm from Chicago. So we all went to Bend, Oregon to see her graduation. And so today that came up on my feed, like, Oh, two years ago. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, two years ago, we didn't know what the heck we were going to be in for. So, um, but I think to myself, you know, when I, when we were told, okay, we're going to have to lock down. And I think it was in March. And I remember thinking, Oh, I have to stay in the house for like three or four weeks. That's going to be so annoying. What am I going to do with myself for three or four weeks? And I'm thinking, how am I going to see my clients? I have to figure out Zoom and FaceTime and whatever. I don't know. And then it wasn't, as we all know now, three or four weeks. And guess what? I've learned a ton about myself, even at this stage of life, because I believe we're never done growing as long as we're breathing and, and we're alive and we are open. And I've learned a lot about myself in a very good and positive way of how I'm not only how I've done the last two years, but how I see myself doing the rest. For, and for me, I'm mm-hmm. 70, you know, so it's whatever the rest is. I've I'm, I've made a shift. And we can do that at any time of life. You don't have to Mm -hmm. be 35 or you don't have to be 70. It can be at any time in life because the whole idea is that we want to live life anyway, no matter what crap is thrown our way. And like you said, the last two years have not exactly been easy for most Americans, not Americans, most people throughout the the world, world. (laughs) throughout the world. So just give me an example. When you think about do you have callers call in? Cause you said, you, you know, you really try hard not to just, you'll be happy to help somebody who's in an abusive relationship, but mm-hmm. you're really much more global, like anybody that has any issues. So when you do your podcast, do you just talk or do you have people call in or how does that work in terms of you helping others? 
Well, I have a lot of different things that I okay. do with the podcast. I interview a lot of authors oh, and I have okay. some good friends who come on the show and we just, we talk about sometimes fun topics. You know, what are your favorite things right now? You know, we'll do like how to do whatever, like a grown woman. So we did like how to do summer, like a grown woman. And here's our favorite tanning products. And here's our, okay. you know, like, you know, we talk about everything, but then I'll have, you know, chiropractors and therapists and all mm-hmm. kinds of different people on the show. You know, sometimes we'll have a whole episode about abuse or PTSD or, you know, Uh different resources that are out there to help you to grow and better yourself. You know, it's really an all around podcast, how we can be taking care of ourselves better so that we can be more present so that we can live any well, anyway, how we can learn to plan better and, and plan in the face of not knowing what is happening in the future. And all that, of those different topics. Right. Because you know what? Life is, you know, um, I, which I have that book right on my bedside right now by Pima jo- Children is how do you live um, in life? Something about living with uncertainty. That was before the pandemic. She wrote this book yeah. like 20 years ago. She's a Buddhist monk who I, who I love. Um, but the truth of the matter is life is always uncertain. We never yeah. we never know for sure. Um, I had a, a I've had many clients over the years that have said, well, you know, if I have, you know, if I'm, if I'm with this guy, I really like him, but what if he breaks up with me or what if he hurts me? Or like when we have children, all mm-hmm. mothers are worried, like, what, what would I do if something happened to my kid? You know, I try not to think about it and mine are all yeah. grown up, but now I've got grandkids. So I'm worried about that. Not worried like crazy, but just like, yeah. and, and that's part of being human that we have yeah. to figure out, okay, we, none of us know the future. We only have the here and now in the present moment. And I want to live in a place of love and, and, and giving back. And so if that's kind of, if we take care of ourselves, which I think is what you're trying to say here is that if we take care of ourselves and we're living well within our own lives anyway, no matter what kind of crap is going on, then we are actually that much more present for our children, our families, our significant others, our friends, the country and the world, which to me, you know, when I do my, you know, I always send out, um, there's a, um, I, I don't know if you know who Kristen Neff is, but she she does a lot of work with self-compassion and she believes that um, I think she might be a Buddhist person. I don't know, because she a lot of her techniques are similar. But what I love is uh, one of the things I've you know, I always try to take away something from anyone I read or whatever. And she has this breathing, which I'll just share thing where you breathe in. May I be safe? May I be healthy? And may I live with life with ease? And you do that to yourself. So actually it's, may I be healthy? You can do it any way you want. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. when I think about it, it's, may I be healthy? May I be safe? And may I live my life with ease? I always add, may I live my life with ease and love. And then mm-hmm. I send that to my husband and to my children and grandchildren and to my friends and my family, and then my community, and then the country and then the world. And the whole thing takes about three or four minutes. And her belief is, is that if we do that, you know, we start with ourselves, then we can do that for others that just doing that shifts the energy a little bit and it helps. It helps mm-hmm. ourselves and it helps the world. So why not do that? And and so that's what I do every day. Just yeah. Sharing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's so important. And, you know, one thing I realized, you know, even pre pandemic, when I was going through really the, the hard parts of the yeah. leaving and the figuring all of that out, and I would get so depleted. And, yeah. you know, I really had to, as a matter of survival, mm-hmm. learn to take care of myself, because yes. that was something that was very looked down upon before oh, I, I wasn't really that would be considered selfish. Yeah. Yes. That would oh, be, yes. That would be a no, no instead of the other way around. Yeah. And, but I found that I was a so much better mom 
when yeah. I was taking care of myself and, and in all the ways, the, the health ways and the mental health ways mm-hmm. and, you know, just everything about it. And now I'm at a place where I can take my bath every single night with my bath salts and do my skincare and everything and not feel guilty about it. I feel like right. I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to sleep better tonight. Yes. I'm going to wake up more refreshed in the morning and yep. I'm going to be able to do my job better, yep. which is supporting my children. And I'm going to be able to be there for them better because I'm doing a good job of taking care of myself. And there's I love nothing this. wrong with that. Not only nothing wrong with that, we it's each deserve what it. We should be. Doing. And, and, and if you're just going back to the whole idea of faith in the universe and unconditional love from the from the powers that be above, they want that for us. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing to do with structure of religion. Just that is, if you're really on the spiritual quest and, and self-awareness, that is the message of, I don't know, I've probably read 200 books. It doesn't make any difference what, what or who I've read. That's always the messages you have to be, you have an obligation to yourself and your own um, well-being, like you're saying, to mm-hmm. take care of yourself. And when we do that, then we are that much more better equipped to be there for our families and uh, I think the world. So that's yeah. great. Well, All right, so if I you think had, it's, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's been really important too for my kids to see yes. oh, that sure. and to learn to do that for themselves too. That's such an important life skill that I want them to know should be a priority. And they are seeing me do it, but I'm also then able to teach them how to do it better, which I think is so so important as they become adults. First of all, I love that. And that's so true. So just a little a personal anecdote, because my son just texted me this. I have a seven-year-old granddaughter. That's just, you know, of course, I think she's amazing. They're all amazing, but she, uh, so they're having all this controversy now about wearing a mask, not wearing a mask. And so she says to her dad, he just texted me this. I don't understand. Don't they understand if they don't wear the mask that that might make me sick and the whole school sick. And why would they want to make everybody else sick? And I mean, I thought a seven-year-old knows this just from living in the pandemic for two years since she's five years old and, and seeing the messages and seeing some of her friends, you know, who have gotten COVID or relatives or whatever. And it's about always taking care of, again, take care of ourselves. We take care of others. So, um, and I think like you're saying, if we, uh, role model that for our children, that we're taking care of ourselves, then they will absolutely respond in kind. Yeah. So excellent. All right. Before we close, if you had any thoughts or suggestions for anyone that's struggling in whatever way, doesn't have, it can be abuse, but it it can be, we all are struggling. What would you, any closing remarks or thoughts? I think that it's so important to know who you are. Mm -hmm. To take the time to figure out not what your best friend likes, not what your spouse likes, not what anybody else likes or is. You Mm -hmm. are a unique individual person and you have things that you are going to enjoy that are going to be life giving to you. And to take the time to figure those things out, the very minutia of it. What is really your favorite color? <laughs> you know, what really is relaxing for you? Because it exactly. may not be the same thing as your best friend. You know, when my, I had to house it for my best friend and she had me water her garden for 45 minutes every night, I was <laughs> ready to put an ice through right. my head. You know, like, but for her, that's relaxing and life-giving. For me, it wasn't. And right. that's okay. So exactly. take the time to right. figure out what taking care of yourself means 
to you. And without judgment. I mean, that's the, yeah. a lot of the Chris, Kristen F work is that we are all part of humanity. We are all imperfect. And so it is, it's know thyself and embrace yourself with love and kindness and acceptance. And what's good for me may not be good for you. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So to me, gardening, because my husband likes to play outside and he like loves it. It feeds his soul. He feels productive. And I say, okay, you have a good time out there and yeah. I'll just watch my Netflix shows and which yeah. I was happy as a clam or read a book. Yeah. Happy as a clam, happy, happy, happy. So, um, which, which he would just not, no, that would not be interested, interesting for him. So that's okay. That's okay. Oh, Mackenzie, a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you. Um, I I may have to listen to your, not may have to, I probably will listen to your podcast. Um, sounds great. Okay. So I like to always finish with a little quote. So this one is from Victor Frankl, who, um, I've quoted him before. I love him. He was in, um, the concentration camps and, um, he's a psychiatrist and MD and he, I mean, he's long passed away now, but he wrote a book called, um, we wrote many, but the one that I like, it's something about living life meaningfully or something. And he basically talks a lot about that. No matter what this, well, here, I'll read the quote. Life is never made unbearable by your circumstances, but only by the lack of finding meaning and purpose in those circumstances. So what he's basically saying is here, he was in the most horrific situation. And yet he still was able to find meaning and purpose while he was in it. And then took that meaning and purpose and brought it in. And once he was out, brought it into his career and into his life. So that's what we're trying to do here is trying to yeah. find purpose and whatnot. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. I appreciate it so much. Okay. Well, another great interview with Mackenzie. So that was so terrific. So until next time, this is Janice Alpert, hoping you're living your life with purpose and on purpose. Um, until the next episode. Uh, Bye-bye and be well. 